Hey everyone, you are listening to the official podcast of the Evangelical Free Church of Ken, where our mission is to glorify God, helping each other become mature disciples of Christ as we worship, grow, serve, and reach. Right, church, grab your Bibles, wherever that is, and whatever that is. If you're using your phone, go ahead and grab that. If you've got a hard copy of God's Word, grab that. And I want to encourage you to turn with me to uh, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. And that's ultimately where we're going to land this morning as uh, we finish up the series uh, entitled God Is. And we've spent the last 12 weeks walking through Scripture, seeking to understand who is the God of the Bible, who does Scripture reveal God to be, with the goal that our theological foundation would be built on uh, who the Bible says God is, rather than our own idea or who we think that God is or should be. And it's appropriate today that our final message in this series is focused on the immutability of God, the immutability of God. Now, that's really just a big word for the unchanging nature of God's, who God is. God is unchanging. Everyone say unchanging. And the reality of this is we, we encounter this in uh, multiple places in Scripture. And before we go any further, I want to take us to a couple of those passages because as I often say, my desire is that God's Word does the talking and that everything that's said is rooted in Scripture, not just something that you could go, oh, yeah, Pastor Matt made this up. He just decided that this was uh, something that sounded good and you know, was encouraging to people, So, uh, but it's His words. No, we, we desire, we should long for this to be uh, what Scripture says is true, not simply what we think should be true. That's a, been the whole goal of this series. And so the first place I want to take you this morning is in Psalm 102, verses 25 through 27. And it says, Of old you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe, and they will pass away, but you are the same, and your years have no end. Now, those are some pretty bold statements and provide some specific clarity about this idea that God is indeed unchanging. But you might read that and go, well, now wait a minute. This seems like someone's idea of who God is. Seems like the psalmist is just stating who he sees God to be. And... I want to direct your attention to the next passage uh, to kind of reinforce that this is a consistent theme throughout Scripture, not just what one guy in the Psalms might have written down about his idea of who God is. In fact, in Malachi chapter 3, we see another statement that indicates this. And Malachi was a prophet. Now, a prophet was someone specifically chosen by God to speak his message, words directly from him to his people. And Malachi in this setting is speaking to the nation of Israel and is really bringing about a warning for them about 
what's happening and what's going to happen and a petition or a call for them to return to the Lord. And God himself, through Malachi, says this, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. Now, God is pretty forward here and makes a blanketed statement. He doesn't say, well, I don't change most of the time. Or he doesn't say, well, I uh, will stay the same for now. He says, I, the Lord, do not, everyone say not, do not change. Now, in understanding this, there's one main idea I want you to grasp from today. And we're going to see this in Hebrews 6. But if you get nothing else out of this morning, this is what I want you to wrestle with, cling to, and understand. And that is the unchanging nature of God is our only hope in uncertainty, our only anchor in present storms. The unchanging nature of God is our only hope in uncertainty, our only anchor in times of storm. Now, as we unpack this more, my prayer is that this would come as a great comfort to you, as a great comfort as you consider all that's happening, all that's taking place, everything around us that uh, seems to be out of control and uncertain, that you would understand the depth that the God of the universe is unchanging and is unfazed by all that's happening even right now. And so... The question, really, the subject question, what we're asking is, what does it mean for God to be unchanging? And then later on we're going to ask, why should I care? Why why does it matter to me that God is unchanging? And I want to give you three specific answers to that. What, What does it mean that God is unchanging, that he's immutable? The first one of those is, for God to be unchanging, it means, really simply, God's character does not change. God's character does not change. And you see that revealed in those truths in Psalm 102. You see that revealed in Malachi 3, that the person of God does not change. Now, to illustrate this uh, more practically, if you look around you and even look at your own life, you're going to see that you've changed. In the last 10 years, you have changed. Now, Some of you may be looking at your spouse right now or uh, laughing in your mind and going, oh, I know someone who hasn't changed a bit. They are the same person. They haven't grown up at all. Now, that's not what we're talking about here, okay? That's a whole other discussion on maturity and elements of what growth look like. But if you were to doubt whether or not you've changed at all, go back and look at some pictures from 10 years ago. And I guarantee that you see some change. If you hold that picture up in the mirror and you look at yourself, you're going to see that you have changed. Many of us experience that, think cognitively about that, and we're even challenged by that. We may face new pains and aches, changes in our vision or even our memory, the ability to think like we used to, and definitely in what we're able to physically accomplish or do changes over time. Maybe it's more uh, environmental, Maybe you live in a completely different place than you used to. Maybe you've moved houses. Maybe you've become a grandparent or a parent or you've gotten married or there's been a change in your job and now your role looks different. 
in all of those things, change is taking place. And it's rapidly taking place around you and in your own life. The reality is, all of us are impacted by those changes. And they affect our response. They affect what is most important to us, what we prioritize. And if you doubt that at all, consider all that has taken place in the last week. We've seen people who otherwise were calm and collected absolutely go into hysteria and panic over uh, unknowns of what's going to take place. And so understanding our own concept of what change does to us should give us a better idea and understanding of the hope and the truth in this reality that God is unchanging. God does not change in the midst of this. The amazing truth, while everything else seems to be in a constant pattern of shift and change, none of that affects God. None of that affects who God is or what He is accomplishing. He's still over all we know. He's still in the same place of control that He always has been. And while our daily lives are impacted and changed in an instant, causing us anxiety, fear, even panic sometimes, God is not phased by it. His character remains consistent. It remains unchanged. And this is why it could be a sure hope for us in uncertain times, an anchor during seasons of storm, because His character, who He is, does not change. Now, the application of this goes beyond simply His character. The second thing, the second truth we see, and we're going to go to Hebrews 6 to understand this, is that God's purposes do not change. Not just His character, not just who He is, but the very purposes He set out to accomplish do not change. And Hebrews chapter 6, I'm going to start in verse 13. Verse 13. It says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear... He swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently awaited, obtained the promise. For people swear by something greater than themselves, and in all their disputes an oath is final for confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, you catch that? He guaranteed it with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain, where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now, this is going back at the beginning of the text we just read, is going back all the way to God's covenant, His promise to a man named Abraham. And you see this first played out in Genesis chapter 12. And God promises Abraham that He's going to build a nation through him. Now, at that time, what that meant was he was going to bless him with many children, an abundance of relatives, that his lineage would be long. And so at the time that God promised that to Abraham, Abraham didn't have any children. His wife had not been able to have children. And so when God spoke this promise, when God declared the purpose that he had for Abraham's life, Abraham had this certainty and this faith going, okay, I'm going to have confidence in God. 
But as often takes place, even in our own lives, God's timing is rarely like our own. And so years and years and years go by, and Abraham still doesn't have any children. And in fact, Abraham and his wife Sarai respond in a way that oftentimes we do, and we decide, okay, God's promised this. I'm going to take care of this, God. It's okay. I I know you're taking a little bit, so I'm just going to move things along here. And so they seek to grow this nation by their own means in a really contorted, messed up way. And yet God is consistent in this to say, no, this is not how I have promised to fulfill this. This is not my purposes. And if you keep reading through the book of Genesis, you see that God does indeed fulfill his promise and his purposes exactly as he stated he would. That it was consistent. And so this is the example. And then it shifts in verse 17 to this focus that when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. Praise God for this truth, church. Praise God that you see this not only declared in Hebrews, but you see it as a consistent marker throughout Scripture that God's unchanging character carry over into His purposes, His promises for His people. Now, in the same way, Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21, speaks this same truth where it says, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Now, what that reveals is, ultimately, we can make plans however we want. We can determine this is how we think it should go. But ultimately, we live and are affected by the changing nature of everything before us. God is unfazed by that. And his purposes do not change, which means everything that's going on and everything that's going to take place is exactly according to what he's intended it to for a reason that we don't even see right now. But we can have a hope that's rooted in who he is, a confidence that's rooted in that. Now, the third thing this morning, and when we're asking this question, uh, what does it look like for God to be unchanging? starts to transition us into what, it, what does this look like for me? What hope is there in this for, the, it, for me? And that's that our future hope does not change. God's character doesn't change. His purposes don't change. And as a result of that, our future hope doesn't change. Verse 18 emphasizes this. It's impossible for God to lie. We who have fled for refuge might have Strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. That hope is rooted in who God is. That hope is secure. It doesn't change. Praise the Lord for that. It doesn't change. It doesn't shift. It doesn't move. That hope is secure. It's secure because of what Jesus has already done for us, which is revealed in the next portions of this passage. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. A hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf. Now, to illustrate this, it uses the language of an anchor. And some of you have experienced using an anchor before. Maybe you have even experienced an anchor that has failed before. But the principle of an anchor is this heavy-weighted object that ends up secured at the bottom of a lake or the ocean and holds you in place no matter what's going on around you. And 
we would laugh at the idea that, uh, say you're out in the middle of a storm, this is all going on, things seem out of control, and yet uh, someone shows up and says, hey, I've got this anchor for you, and it is so secure, it's so strong, and it is able to hold you firm in the midst of all that's going on. And you go, okay, that's great, and that's fantastic, I'm so glad that there's this anchor that exists, and you fail to actually grab hold of the anchor and tie it to anything. Now, at that moment, no matter how strong that anchor is, it's absolutely useless. It's pointless. It's not going to accomplish anything. It's not going to secure you at all. And yet, isn't that exactly what we do when we read the passages of Scripture and we see the promises of God, and yet we fail to hold tight to those in times of uncertainty, in times of storm? We don't cling to that truth and that hope that is secure. In order for us to remain secure, in order for us to live a life where we are solidified and confident in these things, it starts by us reaching and grabbing that anchor and saying, I've got this, I know this is what I have to cling to, and I'm still scared, I'm still afraid, but my confidence is not rooted in my ability to try and stop the swaying of this vessel on my own. Because I can't. I can't do it. The storm is still raging. And so I, w- I want to ask you the question, what anchor are you holding on to right now? What anchor are you clinging to? Are you clinging to your money as an anchor? That's up in the air. Are we clinging to our spouse, our relationship? At any time, something could happen, and that anchor is not secure. That could be moved. That could be shifted. Some of you have experienced that. Are we anchoring ourselves in our work Are we anchoring ourselves in our country? Are we anchoring ourselves in anything that is here? And Scripture calls us to fix our eyes on the things that are above, not the things that are on earth. To focus on the things of eternal nature, not the things that are transient or can be taken away so easily. What are you holding to? What are you clinging to as your anchor right now? Now, as we apply this, Many of you may be saying, I I recognize maybe that I'm not clinging to the anchor I should be, but how do I cling to the anchor that I should right now? How do I cling to this anchor in the middle of the storm? And I want to give you three practical, very specific ways that you can do that. The first one may seem obvious, and it may seem like the church answer, but it is one of the most important, and that is search the scriptures, church. Search the scriptures for the promises of God. Challenge yourself on this. Our elders sat in our meeting on Monday as we made decisions for the future. And this was our devotion, was to search the scriptures and to think about what are the promises of God that we hold to, that we cling to in seasons of storm and in seasons of plenty. Search the scriptures for this. Do this as a family. Walk through passages of scripture and ask the question, what is God promising to his people in the midst of this? What has God promised to us in the midst of the storm? Search the scriptures for those truths. Be devoted to that. Many of you have more time on your hands than you've previously had. And you can choose to spend that time filling your mind with news, filling your mind with media, browsing online aimlessly. But I'm going to tell you, if you spend three hours of time listening to the news and then 20 or 30 minutes in God's word, you're going to react to what the news, your response is going to be cushioned by what that news media is saying. What you ingest and what you put in the most is what's going to come out. That's what you're anchoring yourself to. 
Anchor yourself in the Word of God. The second one is persist in prayer. Persist in prayer. Don't just sit and dwell on these things, but present your requests to God, as Philippians 4 would have us do. And don't do this alone. Call someone. Sometimes we need reminded that we need to cling to the anchor. Sometimes we need a reminder of that. And you need to, to have confidence that you have people around you who you can call on, who are going to remind you of those truths and help draw you back to a place where you're secure and you're filled with a lasting hope that can only come from the unchanging God. Persist in prayer during this time. The last one is, it may seem strange to you, but I really want to encourage you in this, and that is pursue serving others above preserving yourself. Pursue serving others above preserving yourself. And the reason I say this is because when we're in a storm and our eyes become fixed on how am I going to save myself, how am I going to preserve my well-being, that's all we dwell on. And anything that threatens that causes us to go into panic or be anxious or stress out about it. But if we can focus our attention on pursuing, serving the other people around us, what needs does my neighbor have? How do I walk alongside and invest in my family or my children during a season such as this? Who is in the community that I could serve? Who can I call? Who can I pray with? What can that look like? All of a sudden your attention becomes so much less focused on how you're going to preserve your own well-being in the midst of all that's taking place. Take care of yourself. I'm not saying don't take care of yourself, but don't allow your concept of self-preservation to dominate where your mind is at or it's going to feed into trying to anchor into the world and the things of this earth that ultimately can move and shift at any time. Now, as we close this morning, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take some time after listening to this and talk together as a family or as a couple or call some friends and have a conversation. Ask the question, what do you feel like you're anchoring to during this time? What do you feel like you're investing all your priorities and your time into? And how do you shift from where you are to where God wants you to be in the midst of this? How do you move to a place where you're holding tight to the sure anchor, to the lasting hope that is God who is unchanging? How do we do that? Set some goals as a family. Talk about what this looks like practically. And then spend some time in prayer over what you've talked about as well as these requests. You could pause the video, look at this screen, highlight those things. I encourage you to do this. And so as we close in prayer, let's prepare to go out and put this into practice and encourage one another day after day. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that you are a God who is in control in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the unknown. God, I pray that you would help us to put into practice these very truths, that these things would remain secure in our minds, that we would cling to the anchor, the lasting hope that we have. God, that our hope would remain secure in you, knowing that you're unchanging, knowing that you're going to use the very circumstances we're enduring right now for your glory, for your honor, for your praise, and exactly according to your purposes. Father, may we continue to wrestle with this truth that your unchanging nature is our only hope in uncertainty, our only anchor in present storms. To you be the glory, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey all, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen today. And I pray that this message brings you hope in the midst of uncertain times. 
As we finish up today, I want to invite you to check out our website at www.cantonefc.com. There you're going to find a number of resources, including lessons for students and children, as well as a specific prayer guide and article on how we can care for each other better in this season. We are confident in God's control over all that is taking place. Let's root in His truth together and move with confidence towards the secure hope we have in eternity. 